Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, right here on the Windy City Gridiron podcasting channel. And I got a treat for you today as we are here live with the Windy City Productions, Rishab Sikri, breaking down the Bears' latest crushing loss as they fall to 3-8 and eight now against the Atlanta Falcons in the Georgia Dome, 24-31. to 31. Rishab, what are your initial thoughts on the game before we start digging into specific topics? Yeah, so initial thoughts, obviously a bad loss. Um, A loss that most people probably expected, though, because at this point we're not a really good football team. We're losing all these games um, by close margins. Our defense is not that good this year. So we kind of expected a loss. Um, So to see the offense still do well for the most part, I like that. Obviously, I like seeing us score 24 points. But the ending of this game, I obviously did not like because we'll talk about this probably later in the podcast. But whatever Luke Getze did at the end there. I was not a huge fan of and probably running Justin Fields into the ground a little bit too much contributed to his injury at the end of this game. So not a good ending, but for the most part, still still a pretty good game for the offense, right? Well, we can. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Let's get to play calling a little bit later. Why not? Uh, But overall, I mean, we said this in the pre-show, this Bears, this Chicago Bears organization used to take a miracle, something somebody had to wish upon a star to score 24 points in a real football game. So today, while things looked a little bit more normal, it took two turnovers, both fumbles to assist the Bears on their way to 24 points. All the same, it's a fifth game in a row over 20 points and an average over the last five weeks of I mean probably well in the high 20s so the real I guess you could say groan here I don't know about you Rashab I feel like this Chicago Bears team really missed Khalil Herbert and I do kind of feel like they ham-fisted the Justin Fields runs a little bit normally Justin Fields running the ball has been a bit more of a change-up I mean envision baseball I know you talk a lot about the white it's white Sox or are you Cubs I'm a White Sox guy. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I had that right. That's, That's another, like, it, don't say the wrong thing in Chicago. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> but so this is like a fastball pitcher suddenly throwing his change up 60% of the time. You can't do that. And Justin Fields running power runs to the right and to the left, the, the one where he runs almost all the way to the sideline and cuts up the field. I mean, mm-hmm. it worked for a touchdown, and that's great. But he took five yeah. shots that he just did not need to take and hadn't been taking yeah. over the last couple weeks. Today, I feel like Atlanta's Dean Pease did a phenomenal job taking a team with a horrible secondary and a relatively okay defensive line, though it's mostly just Grady Jarrett, and doing a great job of fencing Justin Fields into the pocket as much as he could. And hey, Rashab, even there, Justin Fields made some plays that had Falcons players spinning. I mean, there Mm -hmm. was in particular a third down scramble, I remember. must have been third and eight, where they had the spy they wanted. Fields leaked out and just made his guy miss out of absolutely nowhere to convert the uh, third down and get down for a hit. Now, is his pocket passing a work in progress? Of course it is. 
right? But you can still see some of that playmaking ability. And if anything, maybe the most positive thing I can come away from this game, this was a real heat check to Luke Getze and his Justin Fields offense because a lot mm. of the things that had been working against Dallas where Dan Quinn, I don't think, called a very good game against Miami where they didn't exactly change up much to try to stop them. Dean Pease came to this game with the most anti-Justin Fields game plan possible and I actually think we saw flashes of it developing Justin Fields later in the game as he started deliberately hanging as long in the pocket as he could, creating that third down incompletion, creating that defensive holding, and helping the Bears score a touchdown. So it's this could be a long-term good game for the Bears because it mm-hmm. means let's just stop acting like Justin Fields' runs are the ticket to a Super Bowl, even though in the moment it, it totally hurts. You know what I mean? Totally agree with you. I mean, we saw, like you mentioned, like multiple times in third down, he made the play with his arm, especially down the stretch. I mean, he bought time with his legs to like run around, make guys miss. Um, there was that ball to... Um, I think it was Montgomery down the sideline, which that was a dime ball, dude. That was on the move. He led Montgomery down the field right in his hands. I was like, oh, my God, that was an insane throw. Um, he also had another conversion on, like, I think it also might have been to Monty where it was, like, only a couple yards gain. But he had to run from one side of the field to the other side of the field to the other side of the field. I think he ran, like, 30 yards on that play. It wasn't a big conversion down the field, but it did move the chains, obviously. So, he is making plays with his arm right now more than he did in the earlier games. But like you mentioned, you know, Dean Pease did a really good job of keeping him mostly in the pocket and not enabling him to, to leave the pocket and run with the football. And the last three, four games, Fields' legs have been like a major reason why we've been able to move the football. And today he still had like 80 yards or something. He might he might have had like 90 yards or whatever it was on the ground, but it wasn't like as dominant dominant of a rushing performance as we saw, you know, the last two games, which is also why the Bears struggled. So Yeah, long term, I mean, this could end up helping the Bears out, right? Because we need to see Fields eventually develop as a passer for the long term because they can't just keep on running for 140 plus yards every single game on the ground. But, you know, I I, again think we don't have the probably the right personnel to do that right now. And also Fields still has struggles as a passer overall. So he has to improve, obviously, going on the stretch, too. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's all going to be a work in progress. But if anything, Rashab, this is another great game to where we can point. It's easy to look at the box score and say, okay, the Bears ran for 160 yards. Why on earth are we not talking about the fact that Justin Fields didn't lead the team more as a passer? But you got to remember, if you take out Justin Fields running the football, the Bears carried it 25 times for 75 yards. It doesn't take a mathematician yeah. to point out that's three yards per carry. And in particular, Tristan Ebner with six carries for eight yards, Rashab, was a drive killer on some of those pitch plays where the Bears got absolutely nothing going. Look, it's not as simple. I know. I'm sure I sound like a homer within this. It's not me trying to say, oh, none of this is Justin Fields' fault and he has nowhere to grow. It's more that in a postgame podcast where, Rashab, we've now gone from, oh, gosh, what were we when we got our third win? We beat the Patriots, right? So Mm -hmm. we've now gone four weeks in a row with a fun game and also a loss. We've done this podcast a lot, right? right? And I can't help but feel like while while Fields took five sacks and just eyeballing it, two of them were immediately, like definitely, Fields, you did not have to take that sack. There, yeah. were, The other three are major problems. I mean, the Bears are calling screens and taking sacks. The Bears are calling third and 19 passes, missing a stunt up front, and taking a sack within two and a half seconds. Like, there are some serious serious question marks all across this team's roster that 
it, we're not going to fix them by the end of the year. If anything, Rashab, a game like this where you have to, or where the Bears showed, I, I don't know, more of the same, right? It's not like this defense looks categorically different, and it won't until they add new players. It's not like this offense looks categorically different, and if anything, it was, I don't know, almost nice to see the problems come to roost and how the bears were going to go ahead and get over those humps because somebody was going to challenge them like this eventually. Right. And mm. I mean, really the only downside is um, it feels to not look too healthy there at the end. Did he? Yeah. Like, what do you think of that? I don't know. So that, that entire last week sequence, I was kind of not a fan of Luke Getzi because obviously fields running with the football has worked for the majority of the season, but the drive before that last drive, Fields was making plays with his arms. So, like, I don't want to say that you should have maybe only passed the football and, like, dropped back and made it, like, an obvious passing play. But Fields running with the football twice in a row, especially after he got after he got injured after the first play, right? Like, the first run, he got injured. He was, like, kind of limping a little bit. He, he was holding his arm a little bit. And after that, Getsy calls another run, right? Which, that didn't really make sense to me. And then, obviously, after that, Fields throws a pick, which was a little bit high. Um, which I wasn't sure if that was intended for Mooney or for Monty. People on Twitter were saying it was, it was maybe intended for Mooney, but whatever the case was, that was a high ball. Um, ended up being a pick, so obviously not a good ending sequence for Fields. But I also have questions about Luke Getze and what his plan is for Justin Fields because I feel like that was that was not the right call, right? Running after he already got hit. Like, did he know that Fields was hurt there? I think he should have, right? Like, what I, do you think? You would think so. I mean, yeah. certainly, look, if you ask a football player, can you go back in the game? What right. answer are you expecting if you don't think he's going to look you in the eyes and say, of course I can, coach? Like, that you wouldn't be a football player trying to – I mean, look at look at what's going on in Miami with Tua Tagovailoa. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, oh, yeah. Rashab. You think he was healthy when he started getting back in the game? <laughs> he just made a professional business decision that, no, yeah. you can't come out right now, and he may be on his way to multi-million dollar contract because of it. The point is – I agree with you. I think he looked hurt. But even more than that, like, sure, two quarterback runs at the end is a clear and obvious head scratcher. But let's go back a little bit further, Rashab. The Bears got to the 20-ish yard line. They're in the red zone, right? They're down seven points. Byron Pringle holds first and 20. What's the first play call? A quarterback run, which got next to nothing. Second and 16. What's the play call? A direct handoff. No option whatsoever. Straight up what looked like the left side C gap. They get four yards. Third and 12. Fields has to work magic to create a conversion because the original play call was just flat out not there. And then what do they do on the two call play calls after that? Do you remember, Rashab? Um, so this was at the end of the... This was on the goal line. On, oh, or on the goal on, line. Ended up being uh, Montgomery's rushing touchdown. Do you remember? Um trying to think right they uh, ran it up the left side b gap and then they oh, ran yeah, it up yeah. the left side b gap again yeah. so that fields had a third <laughs> right. and five to try oh, yeah. to create a touchdown which mm-hmm. he ended up creating the uh defensive holding call on look mm-hmm. i get it that th- there is like plenty of co- you could beg the question on well the bears have been running the ball to set up everything so far why would they stop well in first and 20 maybe running the ball isn't the answer Maybe second and long isn't always a running down. Like, I get it. I'm only saying it because it didn't work, but it didn't work at all, and it hadn't worked all game. I mean, there's a point where you're setting your quarterback up to fail, 
when oh, you're yeah, exclusively sure. running the ball and handing him the toughest conversions in football, which the general NFL only converts about 38 to 42 percent of the time. Maybe that's like the all down or they, that's like the all down and distance third down conversion rate for crying out loud. So it's probably an overestimation. And instead you're saying, okay, fields, go get this one for me and go get the next one too. Did fields throw a bad ball in the interception? Yeah. Like there are going to be people that are going to just tell you that ball hit Dave Montgomery in the hands. Yeah. At the top of his catching range. I get it. Mm -hmm. But it was also pressure or there was pressure up the middle that forced him backwards. He had a sprained shoulder by the sounds of it or it potentially sprained shoulder. We don't actually know what it is. He threw it off his back foot. The ball ended up high. I've seen the movie before. There's a point where you say to yourself, why did we do what we did? on first and second down. Why did we make such a, some of the situational choices we did at the end? And like, yeah. I'm never going to suggest they did it on purpose, but it was certainly questionable. Right. And it's also like, what other choice do we have? Like a drop back pa passing game is not that good this year. So maybe no. that, that also plays into it, right? Like what, what else can Luke Getzey do? But you would like to see them like what happened to Chase Claypool in this game? Chase Claypool has still not been involved in this offense whatsoever in like week three now. And I know that he still has a lot a lot of the playbook to learn. He's still you know, learning his assignments and everything on the field, but he's been like a non-factor for three weeks in a row. And like, you would think that even just throwing a deep shots to, to him, like on a one-on-one -on -one or something, like he would eventually do something with that, but we don't even give Chase Claypool the opportunity to do anything um, in these games. So that also kind of, you know, concerns me a little bit as usage of Chase Claypool, mm -hmm. but he also just got here. So I'm not going to like go crazy about that. And I think that eventually Chase Claypool is going to be fine in this offense, but Right now, that's a big, like the entire passing game is just not there right now. Like we cannot pass, oh, yeah. we have to pass. And I mean, Rashab, it's also worth mentioning that this was this was a perfect game to demonstrate the the potential negative of Justin Fields turning into a ground-based superstar, right? Because I'm sure you saw this, but on some of the rollouts that the Bears have, of which they must be leading the league in the rollouts that they're calling, they call them all the time. Mm -hmm. Fields seem to have a tight window throw available to him, but instead of throwing the ball, he'd run it for, sometimes it was as few as two yards, oftentimes it was about five or six, usually nothing crazy. And some of them even on like first and 15, first and 20 situations where six yards wasn't enough but mm -hmm. the point is right now justin fields feels most comfortable running the ball shocker he just set the single game rushing record two weeks ago so it can't be that crazy but moreover rishab a standard quarterback i mean we mentioned tua tua tugavailoa andy dalton nick Foles. like take your standard nfl quarterback they don't have the wheels to pick up two yards on some of these plays and they mm -hmm. will practice throwing these balls into tight windows i really am thankful to DNPs and the Falcons, because eventually a team was going to force you to throw the throws that you need or to make those throws one way or another. And this was a nice reminder of, I mean, I remember in particular, there was a play on what looked like the right side where it might've been the left. I can't remember where Chase Claypool looked to be a few steps open. And if Fields had checked it down to Claypool, Claypool would have picked up the seven yards that Fields also picked up. It was a wash either way, right? Mm -hmm. But Fields learning to not trust throwing the ball and instead run the ball is something he's got to undo eventually. You know what I mean? Right. We can't just look like this forever, right? Yeah, he's gone into a lot of bad ha habits um, out of necessity probably on this offense because right. he has to run, right? Because we don't have many other ways to make plays. And yes, he's still developing as a passer, but he also, I mean, like you mentioned, like this may have long-term impacts that might not be good because eventually you need to you need him to be a pocket passer that can make throws from the pocket and right now 
you know, he's struggling a little bit there, partly because of personnel, partly because of his own doing too. And I do question like long-term what the impact is of this, because right now it's not really looking good, but you know, he's also getting better still overall. Like you still saw him, you still saw him make some throws on third down, like down the field. And like, obviously that throw to Monty that I talked about. So he is getting better in some areas, but is it enough? Like you, you wonder obviously, right? Oh, of course. I mean, Rashad, let's not over-dramatize everything, right? Not that you did, just that I know that there are some people, they hear analysts say this throw wasn't very good, and they assume that you've got to carry that opinion all the way to, I think this quarterback sucks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is not the case. Right. I personally think that throws like he had to Montgomery, like that throw was a dime, and it was entirely was created outside the structure of a play. The third mm-hmm. down conversion he had to ESB, that was clear change over the way that he had been playing in the first half in the first half he was doing what he started or what he started doing about three weeks ago playing quick if it's not there just run it and atlanta was making them pay to some extent i mean obviously they scored 17 points but you get it right in this game field still ends up sure like i could play the combined yardage argument he throws for he he accounts quote unquote for about 240 two scores and an interception but moreover by the end of the game we started seeing him attempt to create pocket passes that i think will net result in him being a better player going forward the problem mm. is okay let's just cut straight to the chase right rashab If the Bears have to put Fields on the shelf for a couple weeks to rehab whatever injury is going on, so long as that injury isn't long-term, I don't see anything specific right now within this Bears team that makes me want to see Fields play more snaps behind this offensive line and more snaps with this receiver core and more snaps with an offense that hasn't figured it out yet. Fields has shown me enough to give him certainly an extra year certainly to invest in a team around him. And if the end result becomes pack it in, keep as many people healthy and potentially juice your draft position. Mm-hmm. Then if that means putting fields on the, or like on the bench or not on the bench, you call it IR, right? right. Uh, and going in that direction, I would completely understand why the bears would do it because fields is not auditioning to me anymore. And I'm perfectly oh, fine yeah. saying that. Yeah, I think even uh, Ryan Poles talked about that, right? Like he talked about how many plays Fields has been making, how he's been looking really electric. And obviously his word doesn't always mean everything, right? Like a GM can say anything and then still do something different in the offseason. But I do think, like you mentioned, Ryan Poles is all in on Justin Fields at this point in time. And he's getting at least another year next year to prove what he actually has. And I would still like to see him play, obviously, because I'm a Bears fan. I want to see we like it. Yeah, we like it. I mean, it makes Sundays fun, and it's not going to be fun to watch the Bears on Sundays if Justin Fields is not there. Like, I do not want to watch Trevor Simeon drop back and pass the ball like 30-plus times a game. I mean, he might have like 200-plus passing yards um, because he's going to pass a lot more than Fields is, but he's also not going to create those wow um, running plays that Fields does. So it's not going to be an exciting brand of football, and we're probably going to lose those games regardless. But like you mentioned, the draft position is a big thing because – Dude, if we're sitting at top five in the draft this year with all the quarterbacks up there, we could trade back, get a haul, get maybe future picks too. So the long-term team building could still be like fine, especially after losing these games. Like it hurts right now, but long-term there could be some serious impact, serious positive impact from losing these games. But yep. it all comes down to like how healthy is, is feels because if he is actually healthy, I would like to see him out there. Obviously, like we all would because he can still get better in these games even if he's not you know, passing as much as we would like if if the, you know, if the team around him is not as good as it can be. He's still learning something from these games from 
you know, attempting to make these comebacks, which are not always happening. And eventually you would think that, you know, one of these comebacks is going to happen down the stretch. But I don't know, man. Like, I would also be okay with them sitting out just because we know our season is not going anywhere. We're not going to make the playoffs, obviously, at, at three and eight. And we need a better team around Fields. So I'll right. be happy either way. I think we've seen enough from Fields, but. Exactly. Yeah. It's it, I can't emphasize it. I, I completely agree with that. It's not I'm pushing for the Bears to shelf Justin Fields. It's more that if that's the direction they go, I get it because it would be honestly, Rashab, I don't think Bears fans talk enough about the fact that for as much as a lot of people wanted to push this narrative that the Bears had a shot to go to the playoffs uh, in the offseason, this is the cheapest team in football. The cheapest offense, the second cheapest defense by just a couple million, both spending under $70 million, while other units are spending as many as $100 million, if not 120 on different pieces of their offense or defense. No team is spending that much on both, and you get that. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But what that means is, is that this was a team that had very low expectations for itself. And if Ryan Pohl sticks to that, that's a decision that they could make. I would understand it. I mean, you've seen this defense. Like, the, I, I think we would both agree that if a Will Anderson or a Jalen Carter falls to them, oh that is a big difference maker for a defense that could desperately use some more meat up front. I mean, look. I hope Chase Claypool makes a bigger impact by the end of the season, like you're saying. I mean, I I, I hope I didn't brush you off when you mentioned that because you're 100% right. Like, yeah. not seeing number 10 doing much of anything, like seeing number 10, in fact, look more or less like Marquise Goodwin, real bummer given that we spent a second-round pick on it. I also feel like before we move off of fields, I can't not mention – how disappointing it was to see him miss Darnell Mooney wide open deep. It's yeah. such a weird play because it's not like he overthrew him by five to 10 yards, though, you know, missing by a little and missing by a lot net you the same thing an incompletion and a blown opportunity. But that is a play that of course you want to see him make that throw. I'd probably want him to put a little more. If I, if I was going to try to critique it properly, I would want to see him put a little more air under it because mm -hmm. Mooney won that rep so convincingly that if you give your guy a, Better chance at making an attempt at the ball instead of trying right. to make the perfect low trajectory throw that if you miss him, you will miss him versus like it didn't really leave much a chance for Moody to run under it. If that mm -hmm. makes sense, like he can't adjust to that. It yeah. either hits him or it doesn't and it didn't. But I also can't help but think, man, that some of those plays come down to the fact that the Bears, what do you think? They throw one of those a game at this point? 
Like, yeah. one of those every right. two games? One of those every three games? <laughs> Dude, he, I mean, under Matt Nagy, as much as we criticize him, in that game against the Lions, we threw probably like four or five deep shots down the field to Mooney. And obviously, I'm not trying to say that Nagy was a better play caller than Luke Getz, or, yeah, than Luke Getz he is. But I'm just saying that it's kind of a different offense right now. Like, it's much more of a running offense, and we barely take shots down the field, which if you barely take shots on the field, how are you going to complete these passes? Like, we've seen him throw deep to Mooney so many times in his career. And obviously this year it's not been as frequently, but he has the ability to do that. It sucked that he missed that. And that would have been, I mean, that would have been a game-changing play if he made it, obviously. It would have been up like 14-0 at that point. Absolutely. (laughs) And they ended up punting it. So, which obviously they like recovered the fumble. That rarely happens. But uh, it's it's more to say that you never know in, in football games when the moment is that you not that you lost the game right but mm-hmm. which blown opportunities in the first quarter are going to haunt you in the fourth and that was one you kind of knew it at the time but i mean at the same time man jared goff and the lions attempt more deep throws in one game than sometimes it feels like the bears have attempted all season to a tug of iloa has so much practice of like throwing deep to tyreek hill that tyreek makes just about every one of Tua's throws look perfectly fine and catchable because he's so accustomed to adjusting for them i mean that's not to say that all of Tua's throws are bad that's just like taking twitter and running with it you've mm-hmm. you've watched a dolphins game before right a bunch yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like some of them are under throws and tyreek goes back and gets them some of them are wayward inside tyreek cuts inside and gets him like a good receiver especially a good receiver that's really tuned up to how his quarterback throws the football will will go and make those throws look good and it's not to say that oh this feel or this throw should have been made look good like actually that's the problem that i think i have with that justin fields throw it had to be perfect or it didn't work and if it had smoked mooney in the hands everybody would have gone wow what a play and i would have been one of them right Right, but because mooney beat his guy so cleanly i would hope that the next time they attempt it fields gives mooney a little bit more of a chance at something outside the sidelines so that Mm -hmm. if mooney wins really well uh he can or like then great he'll be all alone catching that pass out there but if it's still tight Mooney can still adjust to and compete for that ball anyways instead of just praying you're so perfectly accurate Mm-hmm. that i'm gonna hit it you know what i mean it was also like a 60 yard pass i think down right. the field. it might have been like 50 plus yards which if you're asking your quarterback to make a throw that far like obviously only certain quarterbacks can throw that far i mean i'm, I'm sure everyone can throw that far but like to be that precisely accurate with yeah. it, like you mentioned you have to put more air on the ball probably to give your receiver a better chance of making a play there but like i still think you know fields obviously as a deep ball passer is going to be fine it's just like that one play obviously did not work out so that was that was definitely a real bummer because that would have probably changed the momentum of that game for sure. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, even after we went up like 14 to, I think it was like 17 to seven, right? Like I thought the bears would have a really good chance of winning this game. Yep. But then Cordero Patterson goes back for the hundred plus yard touchdown or something, which I love Cordero Patterson, but that hurt. That definitely hurt. <laughs> of course it hurt. I mean, for crying out loud, it, it's yeah. fun seeing him succeed. Former Bear embody. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if he embodies the Chicago Bears, but he was a fun piece of oh, the Matt Nagy does. era. Yeah. We also got. I feel like this game, ironically, was the good, the bad, and the ugly of Cordero Patterson. You had that sweet kickoff yeah. return touchdown, as well as a couple other runs. You had a nasty fumble off of what should have been a basic play, and you also had another one of those like, okay, they lined up Cordero Patterson out wide. They couldn't possibly be running a screen, right? And Kyler Gordon bit down and made the play. Like, yeah. it was 
very goofy from 84 who giveth and tooketh away. But what were your thoughts on this Bears defense, which obviously has had much worse days over the last two weeks, but all the same, when they needed to make a stop, it was very easy. Yeah, I mean, it's still not a good defense. As we know, the defensive line still has a lot of issues up there. We could not really get a stop down the stretch. We did get a stop at the end when, um, you know, we got the stop there and then they kicked the field goal, obviously. So um, overall, we still lack talent in the defensive line. Our cornerbacks still are really young, um, especially Kyler Gordon. Like he, in the first half, he made a couple mistakes, but he bounced back in the second half with some really nice tackles, um, back-to-back tackles actually to, you know, basically get the stop there. So I think that overall, you know, we did get the turnover in the first half, which was nice because we did not get any turnovers in the last two games, I think, combined. So we had like two, I think, in this game, one on special teams, one um, on defense. So turning the ball over was nice. Um, They did play better in this game, like you mentioned, in previous games. But still, if you need this defense to get a stop down the stretch, they are not going to be able to do that, most likely. And, you know, obviously allowing... How many do we allow? 27 to a Falcons offense that struggled big time against the Panthers last Thursday night. That's still not good enough, right? So no, I'm not sure what your thoughts are on like Alan Williams right now, because I know he blitzed a, sh- a shit ton in the first half, which didn't really work out. Like Mariota got the ball off super fast um, for some big completions in the second half. It was a little bit more conservative, I would say. But like, what do you think about Alan Williams overall? Because I know some people on Twitter online are like kind of losing their mind about him. I so look, I'm not about to try to tell you. You ask me, I, I'm not about to try to tell you that I love this Bears scheme. Like, I much prefer the Fangio scheme and all the stuff that basically relies on let's stop the pass first and get to the run when we can. But, but next to no scheme is going to look good with the talent that the Bears have on defense. And unfortunately, I am going to have to lump Kyler Gordon into that. Like, can he take a step forward? Absolutely. Right now is a cover corner. He doesn't look like a player that you're trying to win because of. Does that make sense? You're trying to win with him or sometimes win in spite of him Mm because he's making some plays. Duke Shelley could bite down and make a tackle too. And we ran him out of town. So I I want to try to speak fairly when it comes to these corners. Jaquan Brisker seems to be coming along much stronger than I think Kyler Gordon is. And that's not just I saw him make some tackles on the broadcast. And man, I like the fact that he wears number nine. Like Jaquan Brisker is making some plays in coverage, is sticky, is rotating, and is part of the reason the Bears defense is getting any stops at all. Kyler Gordon's got a ways to go. But that said, Rashab, I mean, any team, or most teams at the very least have at least one Grady Jarrett on the defensive line, like wherever it is, right? It doesn't have to be a defensive tackle. It could be an edge rusher, like a problem. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The bears problem at the moment is Justin Jones, who on some teams would not start. So there is a real issue when you're playing. I like Travis Gibson and Dominique Robinson. I don't like them as starting NFL edge rushers, which is normally a position that you need a top 20 pick, period. Not for not just first rounder. Like you draft Drake London in the second, or to use the Falcons example, Arnold Ebikite in the second rounder. You're not you're hoping he develops into a starting edge rusher and probably an edge two at that. You know what I mean? Mm. The Bears so lack talent right now that okay, so I had Sanborn fever. 
last week. Okay. This game calms you down just a little bit. Not because you think that Sanford sucks or something like that, but because speedier backs on Atlanta attacked Sanborn's lateral movement much more than I thought like the Lions did, where they just leaned into allowing Sanborn to walk into the hole and blow him up. And mm. Sanborn played really well which was awesome. I think Sanborn looks like a great depth piece going forward. The Bears are finding some great depth players, Rashab, but to kill Alan Williams because he's trying to make a, um, he basically got $1 at the dollar store and got told, <laughs> make me a three-star meal. Yeah. It's not right. like we are asking that much. I get it. Not a five-star meal, right? But mm. you can't really make a three-star meal when you're dumpster diving for defensive line talent. And that's part of the reason that I was so, I mean, borderline obnoxious about how bad I thought the Bears defense was going to be. Because when they, yeah. even when they had Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn, this defensive interior was always going to be an issue. And yeah. when the Falcons were able to run the ball, which wasn't always, but it was enough, they were able to continue to grind out the points that they needed to ultimately put them over just by a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And like under Ryan Pace on the previous previous regime, we always had like good defensive linemen for the most part. Right? Like we had Eddie Goldman up there in the yes. middle who was always good against the run. We had Akeem Hicks, a monster who's I think he's injured right now. So he's not really doing anything away from the Bears. But like he was a solid presence there. And right now we just do not have those guys on the D-line to like push the pocket to get any sort of push up front. And that's enabling these quarterbacks to just like drop back and pass really well. Like even a guy like Marcus Mariota, who I think the Falcons were like, ranked 31st in the NFL in terms of passing yards per game right mm -hmm. in front of the Chicago Bears. And Mariota still had a decent amount of throws in this game that went for, like, positive yardage down the fields. And that's partly because we don't have the defensive line up front. Like, even Matt Eberflus last year, he had guys like DeForest Buckner, like big, strong guys at the line of scrimmage, which we do not just have right now. So I think the first pick could easily be going to defensive linemen, like you mentioned, like Will Anderson, like Jill and Carter, because getting a guy like that would definitely – you know, change this entire defense, right? Because I still think mm -hmm. our secondary overall does have promise. Like Eddie Jackson has been playing really good for the most part this year. Oh, yeah. Tom Brisker, like you mentioned, he's been coming along really good. Kyler Gordon, he's slipping up. Obviously, he's not developing as fast as like a Jaquan Brisker is. But as we know, corners in the NFL don't always, you know, develop really fast right away. Like even a guy like, I don't know, Kyle Fuller, like he was not the best probably in his first year. So I'm still being patient with Kyler Gordon right now. I still think our secondary has promise long term but i'm more worried about our defense line the pass rush obviously because we cannot get pressure on the quarterback even against the you know worst defensive lines in the nfl or offensive lines i should say with a season like this rashad there's just no there's no advantage to running a player like kyler gordon off especially at a hard to learn position i mean look at number 85 cole Kmet right now he's he is living oh, yeah. his best life i mean mm -hmm. it's not, it's not as if he yeah, it's not as if he had some crazy game today, but he made a play I wouldn't have dreamed of him making two years ago with that wild one-handed catch to save a throw from Justin Fields that was off target. I mean, I don't think Justin Fields, not to circle back, like I'll touch on him, just worth mentioning, I don't think he was particularly accurate today, which is fine. Again, you're talking about a guy who right now is learning next to no normal pocket mechanics because every time he hits the back of his drop, he needs to already be looking for where to scramble or generally speaking, his offense doesn't move. They are getting killed by man coverage right now. But 
within that, I feel like giving Kyler Gordon time, certainly as much of the season as he's able to play medically. Yeah, why not? I mean, hopefully every single time he gets beaten is a precursor to him learning a lesson and getting that little bit better, especially within the offseason. But there's just no reason not to right now. I mean, at this stage of the season, like you said, I mean, is it fair to say playoffs are out of the question? 100%. I don't think we're doing anything this year. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask you this. You asked me about what I thought about Alan Williams. I will tell you that this was a game to me that made me stop worrying about Luke Getze becoming a head coach candidate. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> to, be, to be clear, it's yeah. not that I, that means that I hate Luke Getze. Like, oh, let's yeah. not, I think we flip flop a little too much on these coaches. To oh, me, right God. now, Alan Williams looks like what I would hope would be a defensive coach that never brings an atrocious game plan, but I rarely, or I, I don't know if I'm ever really expecting him to bring the perfect game plan either. Like a middle of the road, think of him as like a B. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Luke Getze looks like he could be a star in the making, but he's young too, and he's showing his youthful warts. If anything, no matter who he's got at quarterback for the remainder of the year, obviously for health reasons, I invite him to try to scheme a Trevor yeah. Simeon offense just right. for the sake of his own growth. I mean, there are pieces to this offense. Like, again, calling a quarterback run, seeing his quarterback go hurt and limp, probably getting a chance to talk to Justin Fields during that timeout and then saying, got it. Cool. How does the quarterback draw sound? Like, <laughs> I mean, there are pieces to this yeah, that, that are like, what are, what are we doing? Like the bears coaching staff, I think has quite a way to grow at this stage. And, and, and they're okay. all, yeah. A lot of them are first time guys too. Like Matt Eberflus is a first time head coach. Luke Getzey is a first, I believe is the first time offensive coordinator, right? Or at least first time like yep. play caller in the NFL. So in the NFL, yes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, even play callers have room to grow. Even coaches have room to grow. Like, they're not going to be good right away. Like, we have young players on the team that we're expecting to, like, learn and grow over time. It's the same exact thing for these coaches. So they're not going to be perfect right away. Um, I did not think that Luke Getty was going to leave this team regardless after this right. year because I felt like he would have stayed for another year um, no matter what. But after this game, and I don't want to overreact to just one game, but, like, throughout the entire year, there's been some inconsistencies in this offense that – I don't know if you would want to, if you would want to give Luke Getzey a coaching job right now. I know he did get a head coaching interview with the Broncos, so he's already like on the radar right now. But I, I still think he's staying for next year. So I think he's probably staying for two or three years. Yeah, I mean, it could be. Yeah, worth remembering that like Brian Dable took four years in uh, Buffalo. Oh yeah. And if at this point, let, let me put it this way, okay, right? I I work for my day job in in sales. And so within that, Rashab, there's always somebody who's willing to pay a stupid price for something because specifically it's real estate. So if somebody wants to pay too much for a house, if somebody wanted to hire Getsy right now, it's not like I'm going to stop them like good for them. But that to me would be a ridiculous hire. Right. Like I, as a, as a fan of a team that needs a coach would not be looking at Luke Getze right now. Seriously. I mean, it would be a very similar hire. Do you remember how excited people got over John day Filippo uh, during the Bears yeah. coaching cycle with Matt Nagy? Oh, I was excited about that too. I was like, yeah. hey. <laughs> imagine yeah. how that would have worked. Out. Yeah. That would not have worked out well <laughs> in, <laughs> in the, in the, the same way right now or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I actually don't know where it is, <laughs> but all that to say that, like, right now, Getsy's got plenty of time. I think the Bears have plenty of time. I do – I can't help but think, Rashab, that there is a piece of this that comes down to um, – I think all of us Bears fans are frustrated at seeing the losses. And 
because the game keeps working out one way or another to where Fields has the ball at the very end of the game, it continues to look as if there is a major problem with the Bears' inability to move the ball at the end or to win in general. But this is a... um, this is not a good football team. I mean, like, if you need to hear it from a Bears fan, I will say it and I will say it again. This this team is not very good. And so whether it's an offensive line that, Rashad, they, they can barely track a stunt, you know? Like, there are some basic offensive line coaching pieces that this team looks like they've never played together before. And some of them, I'm looking at you, Michael Schofield, look like they've never played at all. Uh, and so this team needs work. And the fact that they keep ending up in these games is borderline miraculous. I mean, truly, if Trevor Simeon can lead this Bears offense to 24 points with a not not a literally the same game plan, he's I don't want to see Trevor Simeon running the football like this, (laughs) but whatever they wanted to call for him, if he could score 24 points with this Bears offense, I would actually like to see it. And it would change a lot of the way that I think plenty of us think. I mean, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Um, But I doubt he can. (laughs) This Bears offense. Yeah probably quickly go back to being the 15 and a half point scorer that they were oh, yeah. to open the season before fields ripped it, like ripped the top off the offense. So it's, this is a messy team and messy teams are going to lose games. The fact that the bears keep losing them close to me, if anything is a testament to things actually going the right way. You know what I mean? Because for sure. What, and we always gonna... have, like, it's not only been like Justin Fields messing up at the end. Like it's been like Bill Jones fumbling or it's been, Emir Smith Marset um fumbling as well at the end. Like there's been so many different people that have made mistakes at the end. So it's not I know you're not saying it's only on the quarterback, but like other people they may think it's on the quarterback, Justin Fields, and like he's not able to pass down the field in these crucial situ- crucial situations, which I don't think that's the case. In this game, yeah, he missed high to Dave Montgomery. That was a bad ball, but like that was that was honestly like one of the only times I've seen him be the not the main reason, but like one major reasons why. We don't complete the comeback at the end, right? So, right. I mean, funnily enough, I would look at that and I would point to injury because yeah, Fields, and he was injured too. Yeah, the entire rest of the game, Fields would have rolled out to the right. I think it was the right, either that is the left. He would have rolled like once he got that pressure up the middle instead of throwing to Dave Montgomery, even if he probably should have gotten the ball to Montgomery just a little bit sooner. I mean, the whole thing. We we are sitting in the middle of this horrible extremist argument rishab where one side goes okay you can't criticize justin fields for that he's my guy like how about you point the finger at everybody else and then the other side says oh no you don't understand Fields sucks and if they don't like draft somebody else i'm never gonna support the bears ever again and it's like (laughs) what if we could criticize the quarterback just a little bit and say while we've got some amazing throws that give us a lot of confidence for who he might be going forward he's definitely still a work in progress while also pointing out the fact that he's not sitting behind five second pockets and failing like this mm. is a guy this is a guy who mm. it does not have a healthy offensive system around him i mean they traded for a player and he has been categorically invisible one for one reason or another we yeah. don't we don't know right and whenever i know i i watch the all 22 i see a problem that I see Fields, I would say, rescue more plays than he creates problems for, but the creating problems is still there. And I mean, mm-hmm. it, they may never totally go away, as Josh Allen is showing us in Buffalo, that yeah. sometimes you give and sometimes you take away when you right. are the offense, right? For sure. but, all, yeah. but all the same, like, we got to take a deep breath. There, This is a year I expected the Bears to get blown out 
a lot more. And instead, they keep losing one-score games. Here, I got the score wrong almost this entire podcast. I was thinking it was a 31-24 to game for some reason. It's 24-27. Yeah. to They lost by three in somebody yeah. else's house. Like, oh, yeah. it's, it's – it's that I don't know. It's not that bad. Yeah, right. I mean, for what our team is right now, it's obviously not that bad because, like you mentioned, like no Bears fan really expected playoffs this year. The most optimistic ones maybe expected like eight or nine wins at the most, which is obviously not going to happen now. But with how bad our talent is on the team right now, with how young the team is too, with how we have not spent any money at all, we're like top of the NFL in, in dead cap hit. I think we have like a 90 million dead cap hit or something, like some insane number up there. So like this team was not expected to win. They are not winning. But they're also barely losing, which I think that's a big deal, right? Because next year, with a better defensive line, with a better team around fields, these could be turning into wins, you would hope. Yep, absolutely. Um, but so you tell me, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what are your final thoughts on the the now three and eight Bears going into next week's game against... I got to look it up. Do you know off the top that's of your head? Thing. I think it's the Jets. It is the Jets as they take Mac on Wilson, the yeah. other <laughs> other group or another like another one of those quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm still feeling optimistic like going forward um, because obviously I expected this year to not be that good. I did not expect really good stats out of Justin Fields either because I knew the supporting cast was not really that good. And yes, Fields does have areas to work on. He's not the perfect quarterback we want him to be right now, but I think he's shown enough flashes to us right now that we can still be optimistic about him long-term if he put a better team around him. And our draft position went up higher today too, so I cannot complain about that. <laughs> yep. I can't help but agree. I mean, look, we are – I have now had four podcasts in a row that practically sound the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> Th this right. one probably Fields' worst game. But to be clear, we are still talking about a game where Fields accounted for two touchdowns, and one turnover. No fumbles this time, which used to be a real problem. So yeah. um, he got hurt, sure, at the end, but let's pretend that that was the most ghastly interception you have ever seen. He still led off the game with a touchdown strike, was accountable for another touchdown, helped lead the Bears to another touchdown on top of that, and ultimately turn in an above-average offensive day, according to NFL scoring. Look, I, I get it. Like, we're mad. People, when, 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 Teams lose games, they got to blame somebody, right? But this is a bad team that played better on defense than we anticipated against a bad offense, right? Played mm -hmm. a little worse than we expected on offense against a bad defense, but still at the end of the day, couldn't pass because they haven't been able to pass. You know what I mean? Like, this is a team that I know I'm preaching to my own choir because I thought this team was going to be 5-12 and 12 coming into the year. But if the Bears stay on track with where they are going, they will not only end up with a sweet defensive player, they may end up in a pick that somebody else trades a mountain to go get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I mean, it mm -hmm. is not as if the Bears have looked so convincing in these games that you're thinking that eventually they'll leak out or they'll eke out a win against the Jets or somebody like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what things would look like but right now i can't help but feel like we're watching a good quarterback playing on a team that is bad and he's not getting the benefit of the doubt because he's never won these games before while the bears offense which only just a month or two ago was bottom five in the nfl has ground its way into the top 20 nfl offenses primarily because their quarterback has his cleats sitting in canton right now that's not even a joke yeah. so 100%. i mean I'm not saying Fields is like unequivocally give him an extension now, 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we got to slow our roll. But if this quarterback hasn't given you some reason to be excited about what he could be going forward, remember the bar for franchise quarterback is Kyler Murray. It's not Tom Brady, right? Then I don't know what you're looking for. And I don't necessarily know what you want because Mm. right now the bears are in as close of a situation as possible to probably at minimum end up where the Ravens are right. Rashab where even if Justin Fields never becomes a passer passer, right? I think he could take steps forward and reflect some of these Ravens uh, like appearances where Lamar may be a better passer than him, but Mm. Lamar has next to no weapons either. And with better weapons, you could probably eke out something that looks maybe more like what the lions did with Jared Goff when he was surrounded. I don't know. I'd have to think hard to get a comparison, but you get the idea. Like fields to me seems like he's resetting the floor for how bad an offense can be, especially if you get him pieces around him, the bears losing Herbert hurt a lot. That guy was toting the rock for six yards of carry, and that wasn't yeah. that wasn't on an accident, right? Instead, oh, yeah. they rode out today with a seventh round running back that was worse than not being there at all, and they're everybody's favorite sub four yards per carry running back. Which I love, David Montgomery. That was a sweet yeah. catch at the end. I might extend him for being a pass catcher, but he is what he is as a runner, and we know that, right? So, I I come away from this feeling exactly like I did last week. You know what I mean? Like, I totally get you. Yeah, no it's, different. It's no not a bad thing either. Like, if if you were to say before this year that the Bears were going to lose every game, not every game, but like most games by the score of like thirty to like twenty seven or something like that, most Bears fans would have taken that. Like at the beginning of this year, we were losing some games, but like Bears fans, or even when we were winning games, like against the Texans, we won that game it with awful. that quarterback playing horribly. Everybody was mad about that game, right? Because a quarterback is the future of this team. Like, if you don't have a good quarterback, if your offense is not playing well, you're not going to win sustainably in this league. So even while winning that game, I feel like our our reactions after these losses are still better than winning that game when our quarterback or offense was not playing that well. So you should still be happy, Bears fans. Like, if you're watching this, like you should still be happy or optimistic, I should say, about the future of this team because we do have a quarterback that's playing still pretty decently with – not good weapons around him like he's still top of the league in the last month in terms of like total touchdowns in terms of like total yardage and yes he would like to see the passing yards increase for the you know for the long term but he's making nothing or he's making something out of nothing right and you should be you know excited excited about your quarterback for that reason yep i'll give out some homework right like not that i'm anybody's teacher but Bears fans, if you want to feel better, go back and watch from what I have heard, because one of my uh, better friends in this, I guess, I don't know, industry, the blogosphere, is a beat reporter for the Patriots, right? Oh, yeah. So the Jets visited Foxborough today, and I'll read out the box score. Not that the box score matters. Zach Wilson was 9 for 22 for 77 yards, four oh, sacks. Three totes for 26 yards accounted for zero touchdowns, right? Um right. Then Mac Jones was up or apparently he had his own poor day. They only scored 10 points, though his box score actually looks pretty impressive. And that doesn't help my argument. Right. <laughs> so at, at 23 for 27, 246 yeah. yards, six sacks for 48, uh, 48 oh yards God. lost. The yeah. point is, is that while I understand the hand wringing, while I understand the oh, but come on, you can't tell me that Fields is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL right now. Like, let's not move the goalposts further than they need to be. 
there are a lot of other teams in the NFL with quarterback situations dramatically worse than what Fields mm-hmm. is looking at. And for yeah. the folks out there that are saying, how on earth can you be happy with this? It's because I don't think there are enough people that understand how much better this defense is going to get with $140 million to spend. Not all of it on the defense, obviously, but Rashab. I mean, you had a Jalen Carter plus a Deron Payne plus a Hargrave type edge rusher or a Will Anderson, some, yeah. for, uh, some free agent defensive tackles, and then another edge rusher just to buoy things up. And your defensive line goes from the worst in the NFL to pretty good. We don't need to do fan fanfare. You know what I mean? Where we go, and then they're the best defensive line in football. But they go from a massive weakness to pretty daggum good. And then the linebackers go from a major problem. Nick Morrow can't catch an interception today. It hurt. To, you know what? They're pretty good. And then the defense probably goes from allowing, lately it's felt like 35 points a game, just about, to allowing closer to 20. And so yeah. far in the last five weeks, even on the bad days, the Bears have scored we more have than 20, points. and they'll get some offensive infusion themselves. So I think that talent is going to is going to push this team up a lot further than I think people are realizing because this is a team that isn't trying to win based on their spending, and their quarterback is keeping them in games by, I mean, gracious alive, man, but like at the cost of his own body. He's keeping them in games any way he can. And he's not all there yet. And and just because he wants it so bad doesn't mean that he's perfect. Mitch wanted it really bad. You know what I mean? That's It's yeah. not like he's the first quarterback to ever want it. But reports coming out of the game are that the reporters are getting the chance to talk to Justin Fields. Usually you don't do that if you're in the hospital. Um, though oh, that's, good. That's, yeah. that's just like, you know, fingers crossed as much as anything yeah. else. Yeah. I can't help feeling like one way or another – as long as Fields can stay away from major injury, which would be the next like RG3 story, mm. the Bears are in a pretty good place. L- you said it really well, Rashab. Right here at week 11, after four straight losses, right, I feel a lot better than I did after that Texans win. And that's because Fields' play seems like something that if we get this and this is all we get, you know what? You can actually win more games than you'd think with that. But assuming he gets any better, right, you could win even more games because they're already scoring a lot on offense. Anything else before we let you go? I mean, I was just going to say, if he gets even like to being an average passer right now with how good he has, he is right. as a runner, that would be an even better offense. Or like That would be a top 10 offense in the NFL. And we saw in college football, he was one of the best passers in college football. And yes, that does not always translate to the NFL. But I do believe Fields does have the ability to be you know, a top-level passer in this league, at least like a top 15 passer. And with his mobility... He could still be a star in this league eventually. So I'm still feeling happy about Fields, man. Absolutely. If nothing else, he's got another year, right? Yep. Rashab, thank you so much for coming of on. Course. Where can folks find you online and what can we be looking for over this next week? Yeah, so follow me on DWC Prods. I'm on Twitter. And um, if you're followed on my YouTube, it's uh, the Windy City Productions. I have all my social media links um, on there. So, And this week, I'll just be doing a post-game reaction to this game, obviously, and then doing a prediction for the next game against the jets so you've got a hype video you put out fairly recently on Justin I Fields, did, right? um for chase claypool actually oh, chase claypool that was <laughs> yeah. thank you i've really done anything to like <laughs> justify the hype just yet but i'm still feeling optimistic <laughs> long term <laughs> why not right man thank you so much for coming on talk to you soon thanks for having me on
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. 